Welcome to Questions Without Answers. I'm Clay. And I'm Renee. First of all, I just want to say that I have a cold, so if you hear me sniffling, I'm sorry. I'm going to try to not. And if you hear some awkward pauses in the episode, it's because we stopped so I could blow my nose. (laughs) (laughs) I have better editing skills than that. There will be no awkward pauses. Okay, good. I don't know. I don't know how to edit. I don't know how that works. Do I do like a little timeout hand signal so that you, you know when to stop talking if I have to sneeze? But I wanted to talk about this podcast that you and I both listened to. It was very interesting. It had some really interesting um, points of view and stuff that I had never heard before. So it was very cool. So the podcast is The Holy Post. We listened to The Holy Post. And the episode was, I don't remember what the exact title was, but it was The Wall. Here, I'll look it up super quick so that we know what it was. The Wall, The Shutdown, and The Immigrant with Matthew Sorens. So Matthew Sorens, I think he's like, he has something to do with politics. He, in the episode, he like talks about that he has like He's the U.S. Director of Church Mobilization for World Relief and National Coordinator for the Evangelical Immigration Table. Okay. So he um, had a lot to say and it was really cool though. Um, just the different things that he was talking about things that I just had absolutely no idea about. Um, specifically that there was a bill back in 2013 that they were trying to pass that, um, like passed the Senate, but didn't make it to the house of representatives. Yeah. They didn't even, they didn't even bring it forward for voting. Yeah. The house House. representatives. Um, that was like $50 billion to build a wall, but then also like a ton of other stuff that like both Republicans and Democrats had to like make compromises on. But it yeah, was it was four, four Democrats and four Republicans came together. I, what was the term they called them? Dreamers? No. Oh, sorry. The, the what eight. were you talking about? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It was uh, four Republicans, four Democrats came together uh-huh. and drafted this bill. It was one uh-huh. that like, none of them felt like they got exactly what they wanted, uh-huh. but they were all willing willing to compromise right. and come together. And this was, it was a solution to immigration uh-huh. uh, as far as Both people, illegal and legal. Yeah, illegal aliens and then going forward immigrants who wanted to come yeah. into the U.S. Yeah, it was really cool. Just some of the things like... I mean, I don't really want to get into the nitty gritty of the politics, but just some of the things that were kind of cool facts that I didn't know is that we already like have a border, uh, a wall like on our border, Mm -hmm. not like obviously not the whole thing, but we have like hundreds of miles of a wall. I I think that that was put up during the Bush administration. Yeah. I can't remember. And then I didn't know this, but Trump is only asking for like 200 or so miles of a wall, and we need to cover 2,000 miles. I found that interesting. I also found it interesting. I didn't know this, and it's really just because I don't know politics. Like, some people are going to be like, you seriously, you didn't know this? But I didn't know that, I didn't know exactly what asylum meant, that the U.S. grants asylum. Like, I've always heard it, but I didn't know oh, exactly what that Oh, when someone comes to our country means. and seeking asylum from per- per- some sort of persecution or danger. Yeah, yeah. So, I thought it was really interesting that that law came about when the Nazis, like, invaded Germany. So, I found that interesting that the law was just to 
like help the Jews over here, like to get over here. Because... Well, it was as a result of it wasn't oh, during. Okay. It was it as was, a result. We of. after right. World War II ended, we realized how many Jews we turned away uh-huh. and basically sent back to their death. And yeah. So then we made laws allowing asylum to yeah. be sought. Yeah. So and this was interesting too. And I like again, I don't really want to talk like politics or the wall. I just want to talk about like stuff that I learned from this podcast. Like this just like it was just chock full of information that I just I don't know much about politics, but it was very cool um that well it wasn't cool to learn this. It was it was interesting that the people who come from Mexico a lot of them are seeking asylum because they are like in dangerous situations. And the if they're coming over illegally, they're well, coming. I, I didn't know it was Mexicans. I thought it was South Americans. Oh, okay. Maybe. They were coming through Mexico. Mexico. Okay. But... I might have missed that. I do uh, watch kids while I'm listening to podcasts. So there are some details <laughs> that I definitely could have missed. But it was interesting that the people who come through like Mexico illegally are the terrain that they have to go through is just horrible. If they're coming mm-hmm. illegally, like they're trying to get across the border without being seen, they're going through this really bad terrain. So it was interesting. This guy brought up the point that a lot of the people coming over illegally who are going where like this wall would be put are trying to seek asylum because I say, I think in you're, really bad you're situations. confusing your terms a little bit. You're saying illegally. It's not illegal to seek asylum. Right. Okay. Yeah. So they're coming over for that. So they mm-hmm. wouldn't then be illegal. I see. Right. Yeah. I see how I'm, I'm saying that wrong. But it was just, it was interesting. Like they wouldn't be coming here if they didn't need protection. Um, it was also interesting that most uh, immigrants come from Europe or like overseas and a lot of illegal immigrants are mainly just people who have work visas or student visas and just overstay their welcome or overstay you know past their visa so that was really it was just an interesting podcast to learn a lot from this guy and and like you heard i'm probably gonna mess up some of the details so i don't really want to talk a ton of details but just like stuff that i had learned that was really cool i i encourage you guys to go listen to it because it i i watch kids and i just kind of listen to pod the podcast while i'm playing with red or whatever so i'm sure i missed some details there but um, i said the biggest the biggest thing was for me was i knew the Immigration problem across the Mexican border was Uh blown out of proportion, but the fact that that's not the current point of egress for uh, illegals Uh is not there. It's people coming in through airports. Yeah. And they're coming legally. Yeah. And then they just never go home. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I found that very interesting. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Which then, that would be an extremely difficult thing to stop Uh because... They're not breaking the law getting here. Yeah. So they're here. uh And then like once they're here, how do you keep track of someone like that? Yeah. Because there's, I mean, how many million, 11 million, I think they said, 11 million illegal immigrants here in the U.S. I don't know. Okay. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be saying details because I, I watch kids while listening to the episode again. But anyways, I just thought it was really cool. I kind of want to just barely talk about it. Uh, I just want people to hear a little bit of stuff that we learned and you guys can go head over to that podcast if you want and take a listen. It's the Holy Post. Uh, again, it's it's the wall. 
the shutdown and something else with Matthew Sorensen. So go take a listen to that. So on a not so serious note, let's do an icebreaker. Does that sound good? Okay. Okay. The question I came up with, I didn't come up with it. Google came up with it, is <laughs> if any mythical creature could actually be alive, what mythical creature would you want to be like in our world? Griffin. Griffin? Griffin. What's that? The uh, half lion, half uh, bird. Okay. Like Harry, they have uh, they have them in Harry Potter kind of, except it's not the it's lion. It's a hippogriff. Hippogriff. In, that is yeah. what I was going to say. I was going to say the hippogriff. Yeah. But not, a, yeah, I'm not I'm not thinking the hippogriff though. It's very similar, but yeah. I'm thinking I think it's called a griffin. Okay. But yeah, it's the uh half the, lion, half what? Uh half lion, half bird. Half bird. Okay. I can't remember if it has the I think it has lion paws and then the head and wings of a bird. Interesting. So it's very similar to the hippogriff, yes. which is a horse bird mixture. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. <laughs> well, okay. Well, that was short because that I was going to say the hippogriff. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to fly on it, though. I just think that they'd be cool to see. Maybe. I thought you were going to say maybe like the Loch Ness Monster. But then that would be creepy. I would never. I would never go in water. And I never go in water now. Why would it be? No, the Loch Ness Monster is only in Loch Ness. What's that? It's a body of water. There's a body of water called Loch Ness. So it is and real. And there's a mythical creature called the Loch Ness Monster. No, the creature's not real. The body uh, of water is real. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just like a scary thing that was in water. No. Okay. Mm-mm. Nope. It's a very specific location that the Loch Ness Monster supposedly lives. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It'd be like if there was the Lake Michigan Monster. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't sound good. I wouldn't want to do that. Have a Lake Michigan monster. That sounds horrible. But now I understand. So here's a question. How do you know when people are telling you that you can't do something? Okay. If they're being helpful or just discouragers? What made me think about this was uh, I am in a Facebook group for church sound engineers. Okay. And a gentleman posted a question. He was trying... He got approval from the church to upgrade the sound system in their worship center. Okay. So he was using some software to model what the speakers he wanted to use would look like in the sanctuary, you know, trying to do it right. But everyone was telling him, and I agree with them, you are way in over your head. Like, and he was like, and he even responded saying like, well, I'm, I'm smart. Like I have a degree in some like engineering type thing. So like, Obviously, no dummy, but still multiple people trying to convince him that he is in way over his head and he needs to hire a professional team to do it. And I can vouch for this type of thing because as I've learned over the years about sound systems, I know a lot, but I know I I know enough to know that I don't know how to design a sound system. There uh-huh. are so many factors. Does this guy, like, do you know if he has a background in sound, like, engineering? Uh, no, he doesn't. That's oh, not okay. his profession. He okay. just volunteers oh, and runs sound. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And that's, that's the thing. Like, knowing how to mix sound 
and how to design an installed PA uh-huh. are two different things. Like it's, okay. it's one thing to throw a pair of speakers on a couple poles uh-huh. and, you know, provide sound for a band uh-huh. in a room. But if you're installing a PA, like you want to do it right to make it last for years. Uh-huh. You know, I'm a lot of muddy details that I'm not going to go into. But anyway, so just so many people trying to convince this guy, like, no, you seriously, you don't know what you're doing. You need to hire a professional. And I could just see, you know, if that were me, if I were that guy, and you haven't been that far in it, you think you're at that critical point where you think you know a lot, uh-huh. you've learned a lot, but you haven't learned enough to realize, oh my gosh. There's so much more out there okay. to know. Yeah. So just so the question was the question was if someone if I were that guy or you were that person like uh-huh. if you went to do something and a bunch of people started telling you no you can't do that like how do you know when they're just a bunch of meanies uh-huh. or they're or they trying to better. really help you? That is a wonderful question. <laughs> I don't know. Like, honestly, I feel like my pride would be like, I could do this. Mm-hmm. But if it was people who are more experienced than me, right. then I would be like, oh, I, I would probably like take a step back. But I'm saying that on the outside of the issue. Right. Like, I don't know. I feel like my pride would be like, well, I'm just going to try. Mm-hmm. I would hope the multitude of people yeah. who were like, there were a lot of comments and there were some people trying to help him, give him a little bit of information, but the overwhelming majority of it was like, no, you yeah. <laughs> so I would hope the multitude of people would, you know, help him convince yeah. it. What do you think? Ooh, I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm trying to think of the last time that happened to me. Uh-huh. The like I just I was like yeah I'm gonna do this and I had people telling me no you you shouldn't do well, that you like created the telephone system at the church is that like the right word oh yeah mm-hmm. okay did anyone ever like is this too much for you or you went over your head kind of thing did anyone like come to you like maybe we should do this professionally um that's kind of the problem <laughs> is the people trust you too much <laughs> people trust me well two two parts of the problem i know the most of anyone who is right, there yeah. so they're gonna trust what i say right. and i never interacted with a forum of people yeah. who did know more than me to ask questions to right. i tried to do all the research i could but like i never i never thought to say go into a forum and say, here's what I'm doing. Am I yeah. missing something? Which yeah. probably would have been a good idea. Good yeah. idea. Fortunately, it worked out. It worked out. Yeah. <laughs> well, you think maybe this guy is thinking like, it's just going to work out? Or is this just the type of thing that it doesn't just work out? I mean, it will work like tech. Like, I mean, sound will come out of the speakers, but they'll just run into issues down the road of it just not being... As good as they like it should be. Yeah. It'll be okay. That's the problem is like it'll be okay. But like that's the same thing. So at Community Church of Greenwood, we are on our fourth PA since the current worship center has been built. Okay. And it's a common joke in the world of churches. Uh You have three PAs installed in your church. The first one is installed by a volunteer. The second one is installed by your local sound shop. And then the third one, you hire a professional and have it done oh, right. No. And so the point being, if you just hired the professional, 
you wouldn't have yeah. to have three PAs. You yeah. could just have one. Well, okay. So I the uh, now that we're talking about this, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that I would think people are just being mean if they're shooting me down without a reason. Mm-hmm. I would feel like people are being inform- informative and trying to help me not make a mistake if they're like, hey, man, I did that. Mm-hmm. It didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Here's what went wrong. And if you think you can overcome that, then okay. Yeah. But you know blah 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 like this is yeah that's you know what i mean if if they're giving you a place to go not just saying no you can't can't do do that yeah if people were just telling me i can't do it well i would do it just to prove them wrong (laughs) you know but if people are like you can't do it because Mm -hmm. then it's like oh Mm -hmm. well you might have a point yeah that's a good question it is just one final note. It is funny as far as my personal experience. Like I didn't design the current PA in our worship center because it's a big project and I wouldn't dare tackle that. But on a smaller level, they wanted a installed PA or a better PA for our group fitness room at our sports facility. It started out with, you know, they wanted sound and it was two speakers on a stick uh-huh. And they always had trouble with it, always uh-huh. had problems. So they're like, Clay, can you design something and install it? And I tried to explain this is over my head, but they had basically no budget for it. Right. So I took what understanding I did have and built them a system. And they continue to have problems with it. Now, those problems I actually, well, actually, none of them I say that. I say some of the problems are my fault in a way. One of the problems, the major problems are too many knobs for people to touch and turn and mess things up. Okay. I've wanted to build a system yeah. that didn't have knobs yeah. so people can't mess things up. Right. But anyway, another issue is a problem with the gain levels between the amplifier and the speakers. And I've actually had to replace, or actually not replace, have several of the speakers repaired because uh-huh. they've blown them out. Yeah. And I've tried to put systems in to protect the speakers, but I didn't know how to set them up right I okay. knew how to guess at it, yeah. but like I was working with the level of knowledge I had at that time, and I just, in the past couple of days, actually learned the right way to uh, do it, and I'm like, oh. Can that... you go back, or is it too late? I actually am revamping the system okay. right now. Cool. Awesome thing. I actually found the piece of hardware I need that I've wanted all along, super cheap on eBay. Oh, that's so great. So I got the hardware I needed. And then now that I do have the right equipment that we couldn't get before just because we couldn't afford it, wasn't possible. Right. But now that we do have the right equipment, I fortunately have expanded my knowledge a little bit more so that I'm going to even be closer to the perfect system for this situation. Yeah. Now, the funny part is, is I'm going, yes, like I finally know things. I guarantee there's something else I haven't <laughs> learned yet. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I just feel like in your field, like things are constantly changing, are mm-hmm. they? Yeah, they are. And it also, the thing is, is like you, there's entire textbooks written on what I'm talking about. And I've never read those textbooks. And it's funny because it's, you think, oh, this would be fun to learn, like learn how to Put these pieces. I mean, of equipment I wouldn't to, think right, that. You right. would think but that. <laughs> you think, oh, this is fun. Let's put these pieces of equipment together and make them work. There's a lot of hard math you actually have to do sometimes Sounds to make horrible. work. Yeah, extremely <laughs> boring. Like for me, I'm reading it and my eyes are glazing over. So oh, no. <laughs> for your average person. <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. Anyway, so the topic today 
I want to chat about community and just like church culture with that and uh, whether it be with small groups or just when you come into a church, like, do you feel that community right away? Are you the one who needs to be putting effort in or is it the church that needs to be greeting you immediately and trying to build that community with you and or is it a two-way street kind of thing and okay so what's the balance of a new person walking in the church right when they don't get what they want and walk right. out the door how much yeah. is it their responsibility and how much is it the church's responsibility right yeah and i th- uh, i mean i guess i just said it i think it's a two-way street um just like friendships like, you're not going to start a brand new friendship by one person putting in all the effort. Mm-hmm. You're going to have these two people who are trying to put in effort. Right. But how do you get that person who's walked through the door and doesn't have that understanding? Right. They, and, don't, they don't know that they need to put forth effort. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think churches do a good job at it. Like, at least from what I've seen, the churches that we visit, you know, when we go on vacation or... Um, Sometimes we've been going to Saturday night services, not recently, but sometimes we go. So we'll go to other churches because CCG doesn't offer a Saturday night church. So Hallelujah. I don't want to work Saturdays. <laughs> I don't want you working Saturday nights. So I feel very greeted. I mean, everywhere I've ever been, mm-hmm. like I feel greeted. But it's like that one time yeah. they greet you and then you're like, okay, now what? And this one church in Florida when we went, I wanted to get a hot chocolate yeah, they offered free hot chocolate. Yeah, and I got hot chocolate, but then you couldn't take it into the sanctuary. And I remember it like chugging it and burning my tongue. But I didn't know. We had know. just gotten it. We got there. Yes. Like walked in, got your hot chocolate, and then like it was time for service to start. So you'd had this hot chocolate for less than a minute. Yeah, and it was so awkward because I just like start walking in because I have no idea. And they're like, oh, you can't take that in there. And I felt so awkward. But like, luckily, like, I'm not looking for a church home. I'll just chug my hot chocolate and I'm only going to be here one Sunday. You know, like, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But to me, that was like, that's not how you build a relationship. It's funny. I'm thinking they should have had like signs up. But like, maybe I have this this slight fear now that there were signs and we just completely missed them. But like, if there were signs and we didn't see it, then I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I just was like, I don't feel, I didn't feel like it was something mm-hmm. that should have been mm-hmm. done. It's been a while ago. I'd be interested to like, if we could roll back and actually see it, like, did he approach it wrong or was, were you just so caught off guard? I think I was just so caught off guard, mm-hmm. but like, I'm trying to imagine it from a new person entering the church for the first time. Like you're already probably a little bit on edge because like you haven't been in church before. Yeah. Um, you probably don't know like what to expect, where to go, where to sit. Like yeah. you probably don't even know where to park, you know? Like it's just... That's a, that's a question you would have to ask as a staff. What is the cost of losing a congregant versus the cost of... Of having your carpet cleaned. Right. Because that was their fear. Drinks would get yeah. spilled in their worship center and right. then they'd have to have their carpets cleaned. Yeah. Yep. Like that's, I mean, you uh, feel yeah, bad saying it, really but it's like point. putting the price on a soul. Right. Because you were afraid that they were going to spill mm-hmm. a hot chocolate. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say they made the wrong decision. Right. But it's it was, funny. It those... was interesting being not like a regular attendee. Because mm-hmm. like if someone would have said that to me at CCG, I'd been like, oh, shoot. Sorry. Yeah. But like, it's because I probably knew the person. I probably knew their heart behind it. Mm-hmm. And maybe I knew that the carpet was brand new. Maybe yeah. we got brand new carpet. But like, as a person walking into a church that I'd never been to before, that I knew absolutely nothing about, 
it was very like off-putting to be like, you can't take that in there. And I'm sure that's not how he said it, but that's definitely how I took it. So it was just like a different, it just, I felt super weird and I burnt my tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're ridiculous and you're like, "Uh, what do I do? Yes, chug the hot chocolate. I know. I'm pretty sure if I'm, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Rhea just threw hers away. Like she drank a couple sips and then just tossed it. Yeah. But it just was, it was just weird. So like (laughs) that greeting aspect of churches, like where, like, how do you handle that? Mm -hmm. And I know from the pulpit a lot, I say pulpit still, I'm not sure that's what it's called anymore. Like, isn't the pulpit like with a stand and a... I I guess officially, but I frequently hear church people say... From the stage, I should say, from the stage. Mm, I feel like a lot of churches say like, hey, if you're new here, come greet us back at the welcome desk or whatever it is or come meet us over here or whatever and and get a gift on us and i feel like that's really good i re- i like that a lot but that that requires the other person to be comfortable just like meeting new people mm-hmm. and going up to someone and awkwardly being like hi i'm right. new here right like i always find it interesting anytime conversations are had about getting people to meet people and not like skewed in and skewed out. And I'm trying to think of some examples that they've suggested of things, but every time they do, it's funny because I'm that guy. Like I'm in church, so like it doesn't matter. But like if I were to go visit a church, I don't want you to greet me. I don't want you to talk to me. I will slip in, observe, and Uh take in the surroundings and Uh the service and leave now once i'm comfortable with it then you think then i want to meet people and talk to people yeah, yeah but like this whole idea of like we have we can't let people slip past us interesting I, that that is off-putting to me like i want you to give me my space and let me let me absorb yeah. it and get comfortable first i think i'm the opposite like i want people to approach me i want them to ask me questions i want them to get to know me i want them to just like approach me right and i think that's so i i'm i so want that that you saying that you don't is kind of like i can't wrap my head around it (laughs) like it doesn't make sense to me like why wouldn't you want to get to know new people but Mm -hmm. because that's not your personality type right interesting i want to i want to get to know you once we have a reason to get to know each other like we're gonna do a project together we're gonna work Uh on something together we're some for some reason we are going to be interacting anyway so you would make the first move essentially Mm -hmm. yeah you as the new attendee would attend as many times as you felt needed until Mm -hmm. you're comfortable yeah and then you would then i'd want to find out what programs they have going on and then once i heard about a program then like oh okay i'm interested in that cool i would then then I would dive in. But that until then, no, I'm totally uncomfortable with the, the small talk. You. Would that, okay, so question then, would that make you not want to come back if someone like no, overly would, approached you? It wouldn't make me want to not come back, but you are definitely not going to catch me on the the metrics. I don't know. You're just not going to know I'm there. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, like, if someone came and, like, tried to greet you... Yeah, I'm st- I'm still going to be friendly and conversational and, you know, yeah. I'm going to talk, but... 
So I guess it's really not a problem that they do try and greet everyone uh-huh. because... Well, they're trying to... I feel like they're trying to greet everyone fast. Like, at least from the churches I've visited, I feel like it's just like, hey, how are you? And that's it. Mm-hmm. There's multiple levels. There's the... Someone just walking in the door. You want to make them feel welcome to your yeah. building. I feel like that's what I'm saying, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, those are the greeters that I see all the time. Okay. And then, but you're saying there's other types, too. Right. There's the level two, which is what you're talking about, like the welcome desk. Okay. Like, come to the welcome desk. Talk yeah. to us. Like, we want to we want to get to know you. Yeah. So, that's... I'd probably go to the welcome yeah, desk. Yeah. So like First I, visit, I, I would go. If I walk in the door and, yeah, someone says... Hi, how are you doing? You'll say hi. Hi. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, okay. Yeah, I'm going to respond. You're not going to be like head down, cold shoulder then? No, <laughs> okay. I didn't think so. I was trying to remember like how you normally did it, but okay. No, I'm super personal and friendly. Like, yeah. Like, you I just want, don't want people like approaching you, asking you your life story. I don't want a conversation. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Unless you're one of those people who are really good at it. Asking questions mm-hmm. and like and keeping you talking. And make you feel natural. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's, this is why I am not on the welcome team. That's why you're behind the scenes. That's why you stay behind the computer, behind the were, sound equipment. If I were on the welcome team, no one would come back. That's hilarious. <laughs> I feel like if I were on the welcome team, I would say something really awkward and it would just be like, um, we don't want to come back. Thanks, though. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like I would say, I don't even know. I'm not going to give an example because then it'll just sound stupid but i just feel like i say really awkward stuff or no this is what i'm really good at i'll like say something funny because like that's what i do in awkward situations i just say something really like funny or uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and then i laugh and then it's like this dead awkward silence and i think that's where it becomes awkward is it's like i don't know how to follow this up like i'm not super great at asking questions back Mm -hmm. to that like i'm not really great at coming up with questions really quick to like ask people like i'd probably ask like deep questions like i don't know and and that's like not appropriate Mm -hmm. i'm not on the welcome team because i think i overthink it like that's really what it comes down to Mm -hmm. i overthink everything that i want to like say to people and it's just like it's weird to me so that's why i work with high school and middle school kids because they're super awkward too so just kind of like it goes well together and you pretty much have like an in with them it's like how was your week at school and then bam you got a girl talking she's Mm -hmm. good like for the most part the girls will talk to me and they won't just be like oh it's fine like they'll be like oh well math was blah blah blah, and they'll start talking so i feel like that's why I choose middle school and high school over the welcome team. But anyways, kind of back to the community thing. Um, I This was interesting. So I I've kind of took this a, a different way than, than how the original person said it. But um, I was listening to an, another podcast called That Sounds Fun with Annie F. Downs. And I... I can't remember what episode it was. I, maybe I'll look it up if, if someone asked me in the comments of this podcast. But she was talking about just praying for like her life. And she prays that God will fill the gaps. And I think she was specifically talking about just like prayers that she prays for other people, like mm-hmm. filling in the gaps of not praying the right thing. Oh, but gotcha. I think that she was also talking about gaps in her life and like that community aspect um so i guess i'm kind of taking this deeper than just like the welcome team kind of thing but like when it comes to small groups or maybe like a mentor in your life that you don't have 
or that you or you do, but it's not someone who's like really giving you the advice that you need to hear or really pushing you as hard as you should be pushed. Um, it was interesting that she just, she said that she prays for God to fill the gaps in her life. And she was talking about those people, bringing in those people to build community. I'm pretty sure that she, that was what she was talking about. I might be getting two of her podcast episodes like together, put together, but I'm pretty sure that was the episode. You need to start taking notes. <laughs> I No, I, I can't. I already said I'm watching kids <laughs> while listening to episodes. So it gets very difficult to pay attention to the full thing. And We're doing this professionally now. You need to have your thoughts together. I know. Um, I don't think that's ever going to happen. So, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I just, I found it interesting that she just prays for God to fill the gaps. Like, it's not that she prays for specific people. It's not that she prays for... Uh, like I need a mentor in my life. I need a, I need a best friend in my life. I need mm-hmm. a pastor or, or whoever it is. And she, oh, she's single too. So she doesn't pray for like a spouse. She just prays for God to fill in the gaps with people hmm. who can build her community and build her, well, going back to episode two, build her cloud of witnesses. Right. So it's very, it was just... It was cool to listen to the episode. It was cool to hear her say that. Mm-hmm. And it's the it strikes me a little bit at first as now I'm probably because I'm just taking it to the extreme. Well, I'm not explaining it super well. Okay. But go ahead. But I feel like you could take that. That's I. I feel like you could take that too far. Uh-huh. As in, then you're not being intentional uh-huh. in your prayer. Yep. Like I get what she's saying. Uh-huh. Because, yes, you do have to trust God to just, you know, like the let Bible says. Let his will be done yeah, kind his, of thing. Let God's will be done. Um, let the Holy Spirit pray for you when you don't know what to pray for, uh-huh. all of that. But at the same time, I feel like you could possibly slip into a just, eh, God, you got it. Yeah. And then you're not thinking about, uh-huh. and you're not having Actively, a conversation with yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So let's talk more about community in the need for church. I know I've heard quite a few people say like, well, I don't really need like church. I watch church from home. Oh, just, yeah, listening to it online, watching the video online, live stream, Uh all of that, And it's very popular now. Mm -hmm. Like that's how people do church. Right. So what are your thoughts on that? I think we maybe chatted about this on Sunday we were talking a little bit about it, maybe because of the, did, I don't remember. the snowstorm and people like oh. not coming in. Was that a different? No, I think we did. We did vaguely talk okay. about it. But anyway, personally, as a whole, I'm not a fan of of that. Uh-huh. Um, now, Wait, the streaming uh, of streaming and just listening online. Anytime you're not going to going to a place and meeting with people. Right. I understand there are some places they have a like an online community where you can have text conversation. Interesting. Et cetera. I think there's churches there are that churches do that? doing that. But I think there's more to church than listening to a sermon and singing songs. Definitely I agree. It is about the body of Christ. And I think that's one thing that we easily but frequently get wrong is thinking about church as the sermon. Uh-huh. The sermon is not church. Yep. The sermon is the body of Christ. The body of Christ is 
the believers, the people. The church is the body of Christ. You yes. said the sermon is the body of Christ. Sorry. No, that's okay. The, the church is the body of Christ. Yes, the church is the body of Christ. Yeah. The sermon is not what you're there for. It's right. a piece of it. Right. But you need to be around people for a multitude of reasons. I mean, just to begin with, not even talking Christianity standpoint, just human psychology, I think we're designed to be around people. In relationships. Like, we, yeah. <laughs> that's what, like, even though people can be annoying and frustrating, et cetera, there's something about being around people that I think is helpful for us. Yeah. But once you get into uh, Christianity, I mean, that's what Christ calls us to is uh-huh. being in community. And I think that's a lot of times how God speaks to us is yeah. through fellow believers. Yeah. And, oh, what I was going to say as far as that. the online community. Uh-huh. Text-based online is not the same. I think anyone who would really think about it, I mean, there's probably people who could make really strong, valid arguments about why you could do an online community, but just as a whole, look at society and look how the conversations turn once people are not face-to-face, once they're behind a screen. If you think about it, even just like emailing, like... Mm -hmm. I could not have a relationship with you right. if all we did was email. Yeah. I'm not going to take you seriously or like take everything you say to heart because I'm my facial expressions are not going to offend you if I'm mm-hmm. like rolling my eyes behind a computer. Right. <laughs> and like a friend and I, we write letters back and forth. Like I absolutely love that. But man, our face-to-face time when she's in town just so much more depth, so mm-hmm. much more richness. And like we keep up through letters, we keep up through texting, but like that face-to-face time that we get is so much more rich and deep and more meaningful. Yep. And I think that that's a huge part of it. And I feel like you, whenever you really talk to people and find out like when, what was the changing point for them? Uh-huh. It's when they got into good community. Like a small group? Small group. um, Yeah, that's probably the main thing I'm thinking Uh of. It's that moment you feel connected. Yeah. Like people hear sermons and have life-changing moments, but it's not... But the continual Mm life-changing, the continual, what's the word, sanctification happens through your relationship with Christ and the community of Christians that you're in. You need to be able to say things out loud and have other people question what you just said out loud right and then you have to listen to other people state their perspective on things and and i think that we found with our small group being able to confess where you are like confess sins confess struggles being able to just like say that out loud like you just said say that out loud to Mm -hmm. a group of people Mm -hmm. who will not judge you who love you for who you are which i mean that took a while for us to feel comfortable i think it probably took us a couple years to like feel comfortable with the group so like you don't have to do that right away but having people who are going to pray for you love on you and a group of people who are going to help keep you accountable to be better. Mm -hmm. Like that's a huge part of community and you don't get that online. Right. You can get an aspect of it. Sure. Yeah. But you're not getting people who are face to face. I think online you're just getting the surface level taste of it. I don't, I just don't feel like it has the depth and breadth that you can have in person. Now I'm definitely going to say that in person is harder. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Cause you can't hide. No. Yeah. 
online you can hide yeah you can even 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 as far as the fact that in text you can type something out and go no i said that wrong and backspace it (laughs) maybe i need that in real life though (laughs) a bunch of times (laughs) yeah i think there's something to the fact of saying things incorrectly Uh because then i think there's more to that uh-huh. They're hearing well, your thought process. Hearing, yeah, yep. they're hearing your thought process, hearing you get to where you want to be. Uh-huh. And I think that gives them a fuller understanding of yeah. what you are thinking and feeling. Well, and uh, this kind of just brought this back up. There's a few people that I haven't liked from the beginning mm-hmm. because all of our, most of our communication happened through email or text messages. And I just was like reading it wrong because I didn't know them as mm. a person. And I didn't understand like, why are you being so rude? And then I get to know them and I'm like, oh, they're not rude. They're just a little bit blunt. Yeah. And so I, I think that that's a huge part of it. I think that the face-to-face, you see the facial expressions. And if you're not texting it or through message, you kind of... What's the word? You don't beat around the bush, but you soften the blow. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going for. You soften the blow when it's in person because you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to like hurt them as bad. And you have to deal with them. Yeah, you have to deal with if the they fall start out crying of what you just said. <laughs> or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So I agree. I think that church community is huge. I think that um, small groups is where it's at when you get like that, just that depth of relationship of people who want to push you Mm -hmm. to be better. Mm -hmm. I also, I kind of want to mention this because we are a part of a a decent sized church. What, like 800 people, maybe a little less than weekly attendance? Yeah, average is around 900, I think. Okay. So, but I do want to mention this, and we've talked about this before a while ago. This was the Holy Post again, but it was back when it was the Phil Vischer podcast. There's a podcast where they either interviewed Francis Chan or they just talked about him. I can't remember they now. Had they had him on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was talking about, he left his really big church and he went and started a home church. I think that's just as amazing. Like I'm not, we, you and I are not right now pushing churches that are 900 people mm-hmm. or churches like that, or even a church of like 75 or more, like it's, you find church, you can find church in a home church. Like it's a group of believers coming in together. Right, Would like, you agree? Oh, for sure. Like okay. I said before, the church is not a building. The church right. is a group of believers. For sure. That group of believers can meet in a house. It yeah. can be four that was people, tempting for, five people. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what a number would be appropriate, but... Yeah, I don't either. I think, but I do think the face to face is important. Mm-hmm. Yep. What would you say to though to the people who counter? But these people would never come into church. Like they would oh, never. They would way. never darken the door of a church. So this is like our only vehicle. Yeah. Huh. Well, don't ask me that question. <laughs> I had my thought. I had my answer. <laughs> my answer was people should go to church. Now that. <laughs> So I would I would say that they listen to. It. I mean that would be the reason why you do podcasts, why you record and put them on YouTube. Like that's what we do as a church. Mm-hmm. I think then like you get them to listen. And I know that people have been burned by churches too. They've been burned badly, and um, and I don't know like the reasons why. But I had a friend who tried to get her dad to come to church, and this was I don't know like ten or fifteen years ago, and and it was Easter Sunday, and. Most of the time, our church, CCG, is very casual, like jeans and t-shirt, 
mm-hmm. you're pretty solid. You're going to see at least 20 people like wearing the same thing as you. Currently not the exact same not, thing. Currently. Not years ago. Well, yeah, at this time. Okay. So maybe it was like 10 years ago. Okay. Um, anyway, so it's, ca- it's, you know, we're very casual. But Easter Sunday, and I know that I'm, I'm like this. People dress up like they get really cute. Like you just you put on your Your Sunday best, I guess is what you're supposed to say. You put on your Easter dress. You put on a suit and tie. Like that's just kind of like what people do. Well, my friend, she got her dad to come to church on Easter, and she was like, "It's super casual, like khakis and a polo is totally fine." Mm. And he shows up and he walks in, looks around, sees people in suits and ties, and walks out. And he thinks that she like tried to trick her and or she tried to trick him into coming saying it was casual and and he felt burned by just this situation because like and she was upset she's like oh i forgot it was easter and or whatever it was and Mm -hmm. and people were really dressed really nicely and so i I like that we're a very casual church but people like him where it's like he's not coming back like he's not going to believe her that it's a casual Mm -hmm. church now because it was supposed to be in the first place and so he's not coming back and he never has come back to our church. And so it's people like that where I'm like, well, he's not coming back. Right. Yeah. Listen, listen to the podcast, like get Jesus somehow. Mm-hmm. I'll say my, my answer to that is, is two parts. One, you don't have to have your sermons online. I think there's a responsibility of the people to go out and find yeah. these people and build okay. relationships and preach Jesus to them. They don't. So need, you asked me this question, but you totally had an answer. No, not when I asked it. <laughs> okay, you I formulated this it. as we were. Okay, I like we it. Asking. Okay, the pastor is not the only person who needs to preach Jesus. Everyone right. needs to preach Jesus. Yes. So I think that's one answer. Yep. The other answer I would have to that is sure have your sermons online, but you need to be using that as a starting point, a vehicle to get people to coming. It shouldn't be your end point, your solution. Definitely. I think it should just be a vehicle for getting people to come in to the church. Well, okay, so... Which I know a lot of people do church shop that way. They check out the church's website. They listen to a sermon or two, try Uh and figure out who you are before, you know, they take the time to actually drive over there. Go over there, yeah. (laughs) So then how would you say... So say you've got people listening to your podcast but not coming to your church mm-hmm. like how would you get them from a podcast listener or a video watcher in to come in the doors i was i was wondering if that was what your question was going to be because i just i suddenly thought about ours and all we do is just post the, the sermon we just post the sermon like there's nothing additional uh-huh. added to it which means it's just a recording of what was intended for the people who are already there. Uh-huh. And so I'm I'm trying to think on my feet right now, like, is there something we should be doing? Yeah. For one thing, well, though, I wonder, my too. intention with our, my intention, I don't know what anyone else's intentions are or people, how people actually use it. Uh-huh. My intention for our recordings is for people who are, A, just checking us out, uh, so they just want to hear it for the first time uh-huh. and see who we are, or be someone who's just missed and they want to catch up. Uh-huh. Like I don't think of it as this is for people who don't want This is wanna... CCG's online church. Yeah. 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 But by not thinking about it, have we possibly created people who yeah. are doing that? Well, do you think that it would be beneficial 
or if you would have the authority to add like announcements. That's what I'm thinking. A pre-roll or a post-roll of some sort with an announcement to the people who Uh are, you know. Like, like, come join our first steps or come join our new here coffee. Like, that would be cool. That's great. Well, guys, we'll let you know if that, (laughs) like, happens. This is cool that we're just thinking through this on the podcast. I kind of think that it would be a good idea, and I'm thinking of this from a social media aspect, is if we posted on our Facebook page, on CCG's Facebook page or the Instagram page, videos of people saying like, I walked in the door and I got involved in this and that changed my life or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or like I was just, I listened to the podcast or I came, I was a you example. I was, I came in, sat down, didn't talk to anybody and left. I feel like that's something we may be getting closer to, Okay, but like anything, time and yeah. resources. Well, we and just got are, a marketing director too. Yep. And he's just, he's been overhauling a lot, which has been amazing. Mm-hmm. He created a, an amazing new logo mm-hmm. or is that what you would call it? Yeah. It's a, Mm-hmm. Just like a whole well, he's over hard, marketing you know, package. New, new typeface, new logo, uh-huh, yeah. new colors. Yep. Love it. He did the same thing now. He just finished with the GP's new logos. Love those. I went in and saw them and I'm just like, can't wait to launch them. It's, it's unfortunate you guys just, the, the Gathering Place just redid their, their logos. Well, actually, so it's not much different than what that was. It's just a little bit more edgy or okay. modern, I guess So I it's still say. the shield? still the shield for youth sports and then it's basically just like our name for our logo um so it's it's anyways i really like the colors to be honest i love the color blue and it's black and blue so it's just my favorite so i'm really hoping that we get t-shirts that are this color blue because it's it's just like it's kind of like a like a cobalt like our wedding colors it's kind of like that color (laughs) Well, I would assume if it was our wedding color, you, that would, I love you would like that color. I do. I do love it. So I'm very excited for that. But I think that just posting on Facebook and Instagram, maybe like taking out that scare factor of mm-hmm. what the church is. Mm-hmm. But like, to be honest, I've never been outside of the church. Like I've never been church shopping. I've never been like that new person, except for if I'm on vacation to Florida and on a sun and a Sunday happens to come up mm-hmm. and and we go visit a church. I never have the mindset of I'm church shopping. I want this to be my new home. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I honestly don't think that I can be the person who comes up with the solution. I see. That's. I was just thinking about the fact that we probably need to have some sort of ask the people who've been here a year now. Uh-huh. Like they're in like enough that like yeah. they're willing to you know talk to us yeah. openly, uh-huh. but new enough that they're it's still fresh for them yeah because there's so many things that once you've done it a million times you miss you don't realize it you don't know it yeah like if you grew up in the church you never no one ever needed to greet you you know like i just i know a ton of people at ccg because i grew up there Mm -hmm. and i'm involved in a lot too so i know a lot of people but if i was coming in as a first timer i would think that I would be overwhelmed, but I don't know because I've never been a first timer. Yeah. So, and neither of you, right? 
I mean, you grew up in the church. Yeah. I mean, we we did some church shopping when I was uh, in middle school. Okay. We went to a couple different churches, and we actually ended up being one of the uh, founding congregants of Community Church at Murphy's Landing. Uh-huh. Uh, but then we came back to Community Church of Greenwood uh, halfway through my high school. Okay. But no, I mean, not on, not on my own. Mm-hmm. Which is totally different than like when you're being drugged around by your parents right. to visit That's these churches. So different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder. I'd be curious to just like well, chat say, with people. That's a that's an even bigger question for me. I don't. We're not going to take the time to discuss it now. But just talking about coming to a church for the first time. Yeah. I don't know when it's the right time to leave a church, unless yes. it's like preaching heresy. Like, do you leave or you just like commit? Commit and, and stick you, it out. You and I are. You commit. Like when you find a church, like you commit unless god calls you elsewhere that's what i've done so far (laughs) yeah well i mean yeah so in 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 my mind like ccg isn't preaching heresy like we're putting in the effort to grow and ccg is giving us the resources so like why would you leave but i've heard people okay you said you don't want to get into this we can discuss it no that's okay i mean (laughs) i just feel like that could be a whole topic of its own oh it could be it could be and I'd be curious, like, why people leave. You know, why a ton of people have left CCG. Like, That's the hardest part is people leave and you don't know it until they've been gone. Uh-huh. And so, like, you can't, like, call them, like, four weeks later after you finally realize they're not going anymore and uh-huh. go, Hey, would Where'd you like you to go? come in and tell us all about why you <laughs> why left you us? Left? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like a post-breakup interview. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I do know some people who have legitimately left just because, like, they've started another church or they felt the need to go to a smaller church for mm-hmm. community with the whole the whole church, not just, like, a small group of the church. Mm-hmm. So it's – but it's always interesting because, to be honest, I, like, take it personally because, like, yeah. CCG is, like, my home and, like, I love it. But the one thing that I don't agree with and – Maybe this is because I've never experienced it. So give me some grace, people who are listening. If you're like, I did that and blah, blah, blah. Don't get mad at me. But I don't agree with people leaving because they say they're not growing. That's the one thing that bugs me. Because I think that it's a two-way street. And if as long as your church is offering resources and offering you the ability to grow mm-hmm. and you're not taking advantage of those, mm-hmm. then I don't. I don't see why you left. But what about the person who's young enough in their faith that they don't know how to grow on their own? Yeah. Well, that's a good point. But then the resource would be the the new here class or the new here coffee or the first steps class. Mm-hmm. Like we're offering you oh, resources. So you're, you're talking specifically our church, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. For us, yes. Because I'm, I'm just, talking specifically our church. It's interesting that you say that because the reason my parents decided to go back to Community Church of Greenwood uh-huh. from Murphy's Landing was that they didn't feel like there was the resources for us as teenagers, mm-hmm. which there really there wasn't. Because so yeah, if if you're feeling like there's not the resources you need for your family to be growing, mm-hmm. but you would be willing to put in the effort if there were, then that makes sense to me that you would go to a different church. Yeah. But if the resources are there and you're not using them, I think that's where I would. Mm-hmm think that you shouldn't be leaving yeah. but i've never left a church i've never felt like i'm not growing at ccg so yeah. it's not really like 
this isn't a fair answer. This is why it's called <laughs> questions without answers because I'm not giving a fair answer because I've never been there. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to think about that. I don't know. It kind of makes me want to just like walk into church. Actually, I knew this lady. She was my mentor at one point. Um, we would go on like we would run together all the time. Mm-hmm. That was like we would run and talk about Jesus and and stuff that's going on in our life. And it was so cool. Absolutely loved it. Her name's Natalie. So Natalie told me that she every sermon that she goes to, she walks in and she thinks would someone who's never been to church understand this sermon? And I think that that's a great point. But I also think that that's very difficult mm-hmm. because then how do you help a congregation grow if every Sunday you're trying to explain who Noah is? Oh, yeah, that is... You know what I'm saying? Extreme, like, where's the line? It is extremely difficult because that's what you do want to do. You want to preach so that the person who's walking in and knows nothing feels like they're understanding and learning something and yeah. not an outsider. Yeah. But also you got to preach to the large group in the middle that has been doing it for a while, right. but doesn't know everything. And you right. want to continue to grow them. And you got to think about there's people here who have been, you know, have walked with Christ for 40 years. Yeah. What do you got to say to them that's, not going to be, oh, I've heard this before. Right. Like, that is a wide range of topic, and uh-huh. somehow you've got to have all of it. I, yeah. Like, I feel like that's what you have to do. Like, yeah. Because otherwise, if you preach to people who know stuff, then the people who walk in the door are going to feel like outsiders yeah. and never want to come back. Exactly. If you preach to, I mean, like you're saying, if you Basic preach to the stuff. people who just walked in the door, then everyone else is losing any depth. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, you know, I have heard it that like the teaching comes in rows and the growth comes in small groups. And so I do like that at our church, we, um, we have the preaching on Sunday and then we go even deeper on Wednesday with what was preached on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But I think there is like, there's this line that pastors have to walk of not going too deep and, explaining characters in the Bible that maybe aren't like these big, like Adam and Eve. I feel mm-hmm. like everyone knows Adam and Eve, but maybe I'm naive because I grew up in the church. Yeah, so, there was, you know, what was it recently? Some, someone said something and the other person was like, what? It's like a basic Bible story. Oh, the other yeah. Like, what? I remember Jason saying that there was someone in the new class. He didn't mention any names, but mm-hmm. he said so there was someone in the new class who just had absolutely no idea yeah. about a certain story in the Bible that just like everyone knows or we, you think everyone knows. We're having to shift how we approach it because we are in a post-Christian culture here uh-huh. in America. You know, it used to be everyone everyone knew the Bible stories. Now, not everyone yeah. believed them. The or basic f- Bible stories, like yeah. the, the mm-hmm. most popular ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but now we're getting to a point where like, there's people walking in the door who they don't know anything. Yeah. So yeah. you really do have to start at ground zero. Yeah. You can't definitely. assume they know anything. Yeah. That's so true. Well, I think that's a lot about community. It's a lot of thoughts, a lot of good thoughts. So you guys are hearing like, the first of this we recorded it the first time the first take (laughs) 
we got it this time and uh, so yeah that's so community. after all of that uh bashing of online community we right. would now like you to please <laughs> hop on to our online community at yeah. facebook.com slash questions without answers yeah. and join the conversation with us yeah and give us your answers to some of the questions that we're kind of like floating around in this podcast that mm-hmm. we hadn't even thought about till we just decided to ask each other here <laughs> so yeah shoot us your answers and we'd love to chat with you guys Talk to you later. See ya.